You're listening to A Man Reads Romance, a podcast narrated by Dudley Manchester. Every episode, you'll enjoy a happily ever chapter of new, and sometimes hot, romantic fiction. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do leave a review. Pretty please? Also, if today's book selection is whetting your appetite or stirring your curiosity, be sure to check out the show notes for more information about the title. Now, on with the show. Today, we're going to enjoy the first chapter of a light-hearted, contemporary and clean, if sandy, romantic holiday romp, Christmas on Henderson Island, by Laura Wolf. Chapter 1 I can't understand why your boss would want you to work Christmas, Marianne pouted. It had been about the 15th complaint that morning. Can't you tell him you need the holiday for family? I can't, Alex sighed. I only just finished my degree, and being flexible was the only thing that got me the job. What else am I supposed to do with no experience? Come back to the farm? Pete pitched in as he entered the room, sidling up to his wife and wrapping his arms around her full stomach. Marianne gave him a chiding look. You know that's not what I mean, she frowned. I know you want your big city life, and you know I fully support you. It's just it's Gracie's first Christmas this year. Which luckily she's too young to remember, joked Pete. Coop's a bit miffed his Auntie Alex won't be there for Christmas, though, although that might be because he had to do his shopping early. Alex rolled her eyes, but smiled at the image. If there was one thing her nephew hated, it was shopping malls. I don't really want to go either, Alex reminded them. It'll be my first Christmas away from the farm. But he's booked the stupid trip, so I've got to do it. I can't guarantee, though... This time next year, I'll have found a much better job with a much better boss, and I'll never miss a Christmas again. I just don't understand what is so urgent it has to happen right over Christmas, Marianne sighed again. Why isn't your boss with his family? Doesn't he have any? I don't know. He's not exactly the type to randomly start dishing out personal information. Alex made a face. Tristan Bloody King is the last person I want to be thinking about right now anyway. Do you need any help with that turkey? Marianne handed the bowl of stuffing to Alex, and she seamlessly took over the recipe, mixing in the cranberries. They let off a full, fruity aroma as they were crushed with the back of her wooden spoon. She would have sneaked a cheeky taste there and then if it wasn't for the raw egg in the mixture. No matter how much she wished she could skip the upcoming trip, she wouldn't be risking salmonella. I think I hear mom and dad pulling in, Pete said, letting go of Marianne. If you ladies have the kitchen covered, I'll go see if they need a hand with their bags. Make Coop wrap his own presents, Marianne told her husband as he slipped out the door. Honestly, it's as if that boy can't handle any indoor activity. All he ever wants to do is be outside. Like his dad, Alex laughed. All Pete wanted to do growing up was be a cowboy. Well, he's about as close to one as you could get, Marianne laughed. I remember, though, that was when I fell in love with him. What, when he was ten? Eight, Marianne said wistfully, her eyes glazing over with the memory. And I was six. Mason Jones had pushed me over and thrown my lunchbox over the fence. You know the one at the back of the school? 
And then Pete came barreling in wearing that cute cowboy hat and made him apologize and go get it for me. I thought right then and there having a cowboy for a boyfriend wasn't such a bad idea. Wow, I've never heard that story, Alex said thoughtfully. He normally bragged about all his good deeds. I wonder why he never gloated about that one. Probably has something to do with the detention, Marianne laughed. Or did I fail to mention he also socked Mason right in the eye? Alex burst out laughing. So more of a black knight then. Classic. He was a little embarrassed afterward, Marianne blushed. But I gave him my pack of biscuits the next day, and all was well. It makes sense why he never mentioned it, though, Alex grinned. As much of a hothead as Pete is, he can't hold a candle to Mom. Really? Marianne raised a skeptical eyebrow. I've heard Pete's stories as well, but he's always been nice to me, and she's like a saint with the kids. Even Coop, actually, especially Coop. That's because she can send them home, Alex retorted as she dumped the last measure of breadcrumbs into the stuffing and began stirring again, her motions mechanical with muscle memory. The recipes never changed year to year, although combining Thanksgiving with Christmas meant their dessert menu was a little muddled for once. You know Mom once threw the cat the full length of the yard? So I've heard, Marianne rolled her eyes, although I still don't believe it. You've no idea. Mom looks sweet on the outside, but she can be a real... Karen! Marianne cut in loudly as the door opened behind Alex. She froze and turned an overly cheerful smile to her mother. Mom! She twitched. You're home. Karen Hannigan gave her a classic, I know exactly what's going on here look and pushed past her daughter with the grocery bags. Alex picked up her stuffing bowl and moved it to the side to make room as vegetables started filling the table. I was just saying how you could hold your own, Alex attempted to repair the damage, feeling immediately repentant. I'm sure you were, her mother returned blandly. Did you know Pete punched Mason in primary school? She asked suddenly. Apparently he got a detention for it. Parents are informed about detentions. Her mother looked at her like she was an idiot, which Alex thought in that moment might be an accurate assumption. Although why you're bringing it up 20 years past the fact is a mystery to me. Alex sank down on the bar stool she had dragged next to the kitchen island and let out a sigh. I'm sorry, okay? You don't have time to be sorry. We've got too many desserts to prepare. Her mother shoved a packet of puff pastry toward her. You're on pie crusts. We've got lemon meringue, cherry, key lime, and pumpkin. Two of each. What, all of them? Alex blinked. I thought we were going to skip the cherry. Well, Coop made the excellent point at the mall that just because Auntie Alex decided Christmas wasn't important this year doesn't mean everyone should miss out on their favorites. Alex noted at that moment that Mary Ann had stealthily moved herself to the other end of the kitchen as she basted and trussed the turkey, her bowl of stuffing having disappeared from the spot in front of her. I do want to be here, you know, Alex said dejectedly. It's not like it's some dream of mine to have Christmas in Australia surrounded by spiders and Christmas hats. I'm sure that's not how they decorate, Mary Ann put in, sensing the imminent danger was over. What do I know? I've never been to Australia, Alex shrugged. All I know is it's full of deadly animals. What happens if I get bitten and die, Mama? This might be the last Christmas I have with you, and I'm stuck in the naughty corner making pouring old pie crusts. You're not in a corner, her mother pointed out dryly. A metaphorical corner, Alex insisted. Very well, 
If you finish on time, you can make the pumpkin pie and I'll get Coop in here to peel the potatoes. Can't I do the meringue? I'd like to eat the meringue, her mother shot her a sharp look. After last year, I think I'd prefer to do it myself. It wasn't that burnt. It's not supposed to be at all burnt. I think I could do it this time. I won't make the peaks as tall. I think that's where I went wrong last year. They got too close to the element. If you can manage the pumpkin pie this year, next year you can try the meringue again. Alex took the decision with resignation. In her family home, Karen was queen, a fairly benevolent dictator by all means, but her word was law. She was relieved she'd been forgiven for her upcoming treasonous absence, at least. The vibe in the kitchen improved as they cooked, increasingly so as Coop was dragged in for peeling duty. There was something grounding about being home at the farm, as though something special always remained the same even as the family expanded. Each new family member was a fantastic addition that just multiplied the happiness, a progression that was plainly visible from the family photos that lined the wall. They were taken under the big tree outside each year, although this year's snapshot would be void of the traditional decorations. Mom had a strict rule about when decorations had to be put up and taken down, and there would be hellfire if that schedule was tampered with by even a day. It was no wonder she was irritated with Alex. The combination of the holidays must be wrecking havoc with her organizational system. God forbid if she ever married into a family who wanted to alternate holidays. Pete had been fortunate in many ways. Marianne had been hanging out at the Hannigan farm since she was a girl, and her family was happy to join in on the festivities rather than hold their own. Her older brother, Jack, had married an English girl with no family within reach. She had been like a helpless fly who didn't even realize they had been caught in the web. She wondered if Emma had noticed that her parents had visited America for Christmas twice, but she had never managed to get back to her hometown for a holiday even once. Then again, she smiled as she peeled the packaging off the pastry in front of her and began to roll it into shape. If the web consisted of wonderful food, a warm fire, wonderful games, and a comfortable bed, who wouldn't mind being caught up in it? Every holiday always consisted of the same things in the Hannigan household. Hours upon hours of cooking for the women, while the men chopped wood and organized games. The kids made centerpieces for the table and hung up decorations in the windows depending on the season. This year there was a garish mix of hand turkey drawings, cut out fe colored feathers, paper snowflakes, and foil Santas. Alex laid out the table while the final tray of vegetables was in the oven under Karen's watchful eye. Marianne proved to be a better kitchen assistant, being a rule follower by nature and a lot happier to remain consistent with the matriarch's expectations. Alex laid out the Christmas crackers on the table, directly across the plates. The table was so full now the cracker ends brushed each other. There had been talk for at least three years of building a separate kids' table, but nobody really wanted to be the one to separate them. Being together was the reason for the season and it wouldn't quite be the same without having to defend yourself from the sticky fingers of a cheeky juvenile attempting to steal your share of stuffing from your plate. The ringing of the large cowbell in the kitchen shook Alex out of her musings, and she straightened the cracker she had just bumped out of place. Marianne carried in the turkey, placing it in the center of the table as other family members started filing into the room. Emma weaved through the mob with a tray of roast vegetables, her daughter Charlie following in her wake with a much smaller bowl of buttered beans. 
The delivery of food as relatives seated themselves was almost a dance, although if anyone attempted to map out the choreography, they would end up with a headache and a half. Even Alex ended up with a salad in each hand, not quite aware of who had placed them there, but delivered them diligently to their designated spots. She managed to get a seat next to the one and only thing that changed every year, Emma's salad. It was sort of a compromise which had turned into a tradition of a sort itself, and Alex was curious as to what the answer to guess the ingredients would be this year. It appeared to be a roast vegetable and couscous mixture of a sort, although it was possibly quinoa. She doubted any of the Pennsylvania-bound Hannigans would even know what quinoa was, though, so it was a sneaky inclusion on Emma's part. She didn't see her sister-in-law often, although Alex currently lived in Manhattan, and Emma and Jack were settled in upstate New York, only an hour and a half away. There was a strange line between near and far that seemed to blur whenever she was home at the farm. When in Manhattan, the boundary around the city seemed like some insurmountable distance, but here in Pennsylvania, she felt like they were practically neighbors, and she began to wonder why she didn't pop out for the weekend more often. Although from her first couple weeks of experience of her new boss, she had the sinking feeling that she might not have any weekends in her near future. One year, she promised herself, by Thanksgiving next year, she would be in a much better position to find a job with more reasonable demands. In the meantime, she just had to submit and obey and pay the exorbitant rent on her tiny apartment. If you're enjoying the story and want to see what happens to Alex next, be sure to check out the episode notes or search on the Amazon store for Christmas on Henderson Island by Laura Wolf. That's all for now. Until next time, I wish you happy reading. You stretch out and slide closer. I'll hold you. Then roll over You hold me Like you do Every morning mm, I love you Zold only knows what'll happen today It might be clouds in the pouring rain Hope for the sun and shining rays Hidden your For you, babe, each and every day I'm here for you, babe. I'm here for you, babe. I'm here for you, babe. Through joys and pain, I'm We share stories, win or lose. We lay down, I hold you. So go to sleep, babe. Let's do it again. In the morning, cause Lord only knows what'll happen today. And my big clouds in the pouring rain. Up for the sun and shining rays. Each 
Each and every day 